Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks from Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Annapolis. You know, I had a little bit of a health issue lately and I lost a lot of weight, almost like 60 pounds. Now, some of that was on purpose. Some of that was from the hospital stay, uh, but I had to get some new clothes. And so guess where I'm going? That's right. I'm going to Leon Tailoring because Larry, Norm, Kim and Judy, they've taken my measurements for years and the measurements have dropped a little bit. And so they'll take care of me just like they'll take care of you. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. Don't tell me you lost weight. They'll be able to tell if you have or not. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, there's been a lot of talk about guns in Indianapolis lately, and so we figure we have a conversation about guns and gun-related stuff. And join us on the join us in studio is our good friend Guy Relford, who you can hear Saturdays at five o'clock, five until seven, uh, here at ninety-three WIBC. So, Guy, my friend, thank you very much for being with us. Always good to see you, old friend. Oh man, always. You've been a friend of mine for a long time. It's a pleasure to be here. It's been a while since we've actually chatted about this. It's stuff. been too long. Um, so help us out here. What is your thought about what's going on with with related with respect to guns and weapons here in Indianapolis? Well, there are a lot of uh, interesting proposals that are being floated out there. First of all, there's an ordinance um, that I actually testified on uh, in the Public Safety Committee here just last week uh, where Mayor Hogsett has proposed they're going to do certain things in Marion County through this ordinance, like ban so-called assault weapons. They're actually going to repeal at the city and county level anyway, constitutional carry uh, here in the city, actually ban all um, concealed carry of firearms completely. Uh, which we've had for generations, uh, but ban that in Mary County, and then also raise the age to buy a firearm from 18 to 21. That's for long guns. Under federal law, you already have to be 21 to buy a handgun from a dealer. Um, and the, the problem that the mayor has on that, as, as he's acknowledged, and actually the ordinance actually acknowledges, is we have a state statute, the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act, that says that local governments like the city of Indianapolis cannot regulate firearms. Doesn't say that like at the top of the ordinance or like on the ordinance paperwork itself. I thought that the, the, the city corporation council basically told people during that committee hearing, by the way, we can't do any of this because it's, it, 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 goes, it runs contrary to state law. Well, that's right. And that's why I say the ordinance itself actually acknowledges that, um, and, and, which, which I mentioned. And, and that's right. So it says they're going to do all of these things, but only if... Uh, the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act is repealed uh, or otherwise goes away somehow. Um, I suppose they, they mean, you know, set aside in litigation. I don't see any basis to set it aside in litigation. The state can have that statute if it wants, and they've been upheld all over the country. Um, and I don't see any movement whatsoever to repeal it. Uh, in the General Assembly. We've had it since 2011. It's a <laughs> this, solid this, this, law. This is, this is like me saying, you know what? I'm going to cheat on my wife as soon as she gives me permission. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna walk across the White River as soon as God parts it for me. Okay, all right. Doesn't mean it won't happen, but uh, I'm not pre- I'm not I'm not predicting that anytime soon. So. Do you have any idea as to why the city would do this? I mean, I understand uh, the, the frustration with violence in, in the city, and I understand doing legal things or constitutional things to, to sort of alleviate the, the gun-related issues. But, but why? why do you think, what thing is going through the city's mind here with this? Election year. <laughs> Two words. Election year. Well, duh, I could have told yeah, you that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> first first I mean, with a lawyer, who, who, who am I talking to? <laughs> Never I'm, ask a question we know the answer I, to. I'm, ta- I'm talking to Abdul, for crying out loud. No, I mean, it's an election year, and so Mayor Hogsett, you know, wants to be the tough guy and be, you know, quote-unquote quote tough on guns. And, and i got to tell you, I mean, any question about why he did it would be answered for anybody who was at that committee hearing. Uh, it was last Wednesday night, I believe. Um, and because uh, Joe Hoxett came in and testified in favor of it. I was there. I testified against it. But uh, 
you know, Joe Hoxton came in and they announced his name. He came marching in from the back. I mean, literally marching in, and the crowd was all you know, you know clapping and 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 they were very excited to see him. And he gave this very impassioned speech where he talked about, you know, I've been intimidated, I've been threatened, but I'm not going to back down because you know, I, by God, I'm I'm never going to turn my back on the citizens of the of the city of Indianapolis, and we need to do something, and we're going to stand up to the gun lobby, and we're going to you know stand up to. Um, um, the, uh, the legislature, and we're going to do what's necessary to protect citizens. And and let me just tell you, you can threaten me, you can try to intimidate me, I will not back down. And he and he stormed back out, and he marched up back back up the aisle, and the place went crazy. Abdul, I mean, people stood up, got a standing ovation, people were cheering, and he had this mic drop moment. And 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 as soon as he as soon as he walked out of there, if you think he had any regrets about going forward with this, um, which I'm sure he never did, they completely went away in that moment. Because everybody in there loved it, they ate it up, and they, and, and I, I'll bet you ninety percent. And we, we said this; it, it was mentioned by the people who who, who presented the ordinance. Uh, it was mentioned by several of us who testified that it, it's much ado about nothing because the, the city can't pass this ordinance um, and enforce it until the preemption act goes away. Um, but I'll bet you seventy five percent, eighty percent of the people in that room never understood that. But it's this is Mayor Hogsett being quote unquote tough on guns, tough on gun violence, and uh, and 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 also didn't have the wherewithal. The people in the room and many of us tried to make this point. It fell on deaf ears that all these proposals do is 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 attempt to punish a law abiding citizen who's attempting to, to exercise their Second Amendment rights. For instance, and, and and I'm not sure a lot of people understand this either that the city can't put you in jail. Right, the city can't pass a criminal law, a criminal statute that can actually put you in prison, put you in jail. All they can do is pass an ordinance that has a fine associated with it, and the maximum for a first offense for it's like a what, violation dollars, I think it was twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah. So the the maximum that you can be fined under an ordinance in the city of Indianapolis for a first offense is twenty five hundred bucks. So what 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 this really is, and I'm sure people didn't understand this because it, it, it makes you laugh when you talk about it. I made this point in my testimony, and the place was eerily silent, silent as I did. But I mean this this whole proposal has this presumption. That is that a violent criminal who's inclined to, to commit murder uh, or other violent crime, something like rape or other, you know a, a lev- a, another you know level one or, or or a felony that puts you in, in prison for fifty years or murder that puts you in prison for sixty years or give you the death penalty under some circumstances. I'm 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 a violent criminal in Indianapolis. I'm not afraid of the death penalty. I'm not afraid of fifty or sixty years in prison or life in prison, but I'm afraid. Of twenty five hundred dollars as a fine from the city of Indianapolis, so that so that I'm 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 carrying my I'm a drug dealer and I want to kill my rival drug dealer, and I'm on my way to kill my rival drug dealer, and all of a sudden I went, hold on, wait a minute, I can't use my gun, I can't I can't carry a concealed firearm in Marion County because Mayor Joe Hogsett will find me twenty five hundred dollars. I don't care about life in prison, but I care about a twenty five hundred dollar fine. That's what this proposal would have people believe, and that's why it's just a cheap political stunt. And and but let's back up. Who wouldn't care about a twenty five hundred dollar fine? I'd care about a twenty five hundred dollar fine, and that's a lot of money. You would care about who would care about a twenty five hundred dollar fine? Eli Dickin, the hero from the Greenwood Park Mall. 
You know, he's a, a hardworking, blue-collar guy. He works as an auto mechanic. You know, if he was looking at a $2,500 fine for carrying his, his gun concealed, um, and, and let's say this was effect, in, in effect in Johnson County, in Greenwood, would he have been carrying his gun in the mall on July 17th last year when he saved countless lives from a mass shooter and ended a mass shooting in 15 seconds? No, he would have left his gun at home. And, and this proposal literally would have left dozens of people dead in the Greenwood Park Mall because Eli Dickin would have left his gun at home. And the guy whose plan it was to die in a shootout with police, and Greenwood police concluded this, his plan was to die in a shootout with police. You think he would care about a $2,500 fine? Of course not. He, he didn't care about prison. He didn't care about dying. He's not going to care about a fine. So it's a, it's a, it's a, a poorly thought out uh, naive proposal that could only affect law-abiding citizens, and to to put a bow on it, it's all much ado about nothing because it can't go into effect until the preemption statute goes away. Our guest on the program today is Guy Relford. Uh, Guy is a Second Amendment rights attorney, as well as a, a good attorney nonetheless, and uh, has a program here on WIBC on Saturdays uh, from 5 until 7. Uh, Guy, uh, this past weekend, uh, as we record this conversation, we just saw a shooting in, in Broad Ripple. We had the Broad Ripple uh, Village Association come out and say, hey, we need to make this a gun-free type zone on Fridays and Saturdays between now right. and, and, the, and, the end of, and the end of August. Uh, obviously, we know the gun-free zones don't necessarily don't necessarily work per se, at least the way the city wants to do it. But what do you what do you say to those people who are frustrated, who who either been victims or had family members who've been victims of gun related violence? Well, I think you need to first talk about who's committing the violence. I mean, you know, we've been saying for an awful long time in this city, we need to do a much better job of keeping repeat violent offenders in jail. You know, and stop cranking them right through the system and spitting them out right back out onto the streets. So let's focus on the bad guys and not everybody else. Because what they're talking about, I mean, I'm a professional firearms instructor. I've had my license to carry um, since I was uh, 18 years old. Um, I teach people how to shoot. This would prevent me from carrying a a firearm uh, in Broad Ripple if I want to go there and have the capacity to defend myself and my family. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, So it's the same concept. But but they also have a similar problem with this proposal, and I I think I know their intended way around it. Um, Whether it works or not is another question. But I want to say it's a classic. Is that... While the city won't necessarily make it a gun-free zone, but the city leases property to, say, a private vendor, then the private vendor can make it a gun-free zone. My question is, how do you do that with Broad Ripple? Well, yeah, no, that's a great point. And and to your to your point, Abdul, and you're spot on as 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 you always are. Um, but under the Preemption Act, local governments can't regulate firearms, including the possession of firearms. There's an exception to that. And a lot of us have called this the Jimmy Ursay exception, um, because while we were debating the Preemption Act in the General Assembly back in 2011, you know, Jimmy Ursay came out and said, you know, um, I fully support the Second Amendment and gun ownership, but I really don't want guns at Colts games. And since the city owns the stadium, then it was the RCA Dome, now Lucas Oil. Um, you know, if we can't have if we can't have a rule prohibiting guns on 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 city property, then I got to allow guns in Colts games. I would prefer not to do that. So they build an exception into the statute, which, just as you said, it says that a private organizer or promoter of an event. That's key phrase. Um, if they lease property from a political subdivision, then they can prohibit firearms during that event, and the city can help them enforce that. So it has to be an event um, uh, on property leased from a political subdivision. So I think what they intend here, and we'll see the details as they unfold, but I think what they intend is to block off big chunks, probably, I don't know, just, let's speculate, 
um, you know, uh, 62nd Street from College to Westfield, for instance. I'm going to block it off, block off all the side streets, have limited points of entry, and at those points of entry have metal detectors and cops. So you can't get in, and they're talking about this on Friday and Saturday nights. So, and and then, but then they have to, this has to be subject to a, a, the subject of a lease where the city essentially leases 62nd Street and the sidewalks um, to the Broderpool Village Association as the organizer and promoter of an event. I'm not sure what that event is. It was just Friday night in Broderpool? I don't know. What are they calling the event? It's not like a Colts game or a Pacer game um, or a music festival in Garfield Park, which we just saw, and they banned guns there under the same exception to the Preemption Act. But I think that's their intent. We're going to say, well, we're going to call it you know, weekends in Broderpool. It's an event. We're leasing the parts of, 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 of city property to the village association, and they can ban firearms, and we can help them enforce it. That, that, that I'm sure, is the plan. So I guess my question is, how do you do the how do you do the ban? Because the the thing is, bans only work with bad, with with good people, with good guys. The good guys going to follow the law. The bad guys won't. Well, I agree completely. Except that's where the metal detectors come in because you got you can't get in. And we've seen it right here on the circle. You know, we've seen concerts on the circle, or you know, during the Super Bowl or um, Final Four or other events here in town. They'll block off the circle and they'll have a concert. Or they'll have speeches. Or they'll have whatever. They'll block off. Uh, the, the circle, they'll have limited points of access, and they'll have metal detectors. And you can't get onto the circle unless you go through the metal detector. So there'll be a cop there, and they'll say you can't bring a gun in here. Um, yeah, but I'm going to play devil's advocate. If you get this one thing to block off the circle, there's only basically four points of entry. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Whereas with Broad Ripple, it's like, a, where does Broad Ripple begin? Where does it end? How do you stop somebody from going through an alley or coming to the back door of a... Oh, I, I, you, you know you're dead on, Abdul. I'm not suggesting it's logistically feasible. I'm just telling you what what, what I what I think their plan is. Yeah, because that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, hey, well, how do you block off Broad Ripple? And, Broad Ripple. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, whether it's logistically uh, obtainable is an entirely separate question. And again, it's it's an election year. It's 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 Joe Hogsett being you know having a presser on Sunday afternoon, which we saw yesterday. You know, here I am being tough on crime. Um, but what was both predictable, uh, but still disappointing—not surprising, but disappointing—is that he, you know, in the same speech, came out and said, "Well, we've seen, you know, the, these these uh, increases in, in in crime, and 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 it's clearly due to the dramatic increase in people getting licenses to carry handguns, uh, and since we passed constitutional carry July last year, um, and clearly that's contributing to everything." and and you think about that, I mean, how many people who are eligible to get a license to carry a handgun, even quoted the numbers, you know, we've had X number of people have come out and, and gotten handgun licenses in the last few years, and clearly there are too many people carrying guns on the streets, and that's causing our problem. Uh, again, how many people that have a handgun license and pass the background check to get one are responsible for crime in Indianapolis? I mean, i got to tell you, it's a fraction of a percent, if, if that high. And, and the idea that anybody eligible to carry under constitutional carry, because you have to be a law-abiding citizen to carry under constitutional carry, that they're the ones responsible for uh, violent crime in, in Marion County, it's ludicrous. And it's trying to blame the law-abiding gun owner for what violent repeat thugs, repeat offending thugs are doing on the street. And that's, that's so misguided. It's predictable because it's Mayor Hogsett, but it's incredibly misguided. And, and, and it's something that a lot of us resent deeply. Guy Relford, Second Amendment Rights Attorney with us for a few more minutes on the program today. So, Guy, how do we keep or how do we mitigate uh, the situation? How do we keep uh, guns out of the hands of bad people, but make sure that regular people who, who obey the law 
you know, follow their Second Amendment rights and exercise them responsibly. How do you separate the two? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult at the same time. You know, uh, step number one is keep violent bad guys in jail. And, and we've had way too many violent repeat offenders. I mean, how many times have we talked to Rick Snyder or, or, or IMPD and uh, the other police agencies that, that he represents at the Fraternal Order of Police have come out and said, we have this criminal, uh, this revolving door criminal justice system where, where IMPD and other law enforcement agencies keep re- keep arresting the same violent bad guys and taking guns away from them and putting them in jail. And two days later, they see them right back on the street with a gun. So rule rule number one, step number one, is keep the violent bad guys in jail where they belong. Because you know what? They can't have a gun in jail. And they're they're not on the street uh, causing problems. The other thing is, especially with with respect to like Broad Ripple, you know, what, what some of the bars downtown have done after some of the incredible problems we've had down here um, is bars themselves have taken it on and said, you know what, if we're going to be open until three or four in the morning or whatever it is down there, I'm too old to be out nearly that late, so I'm not sure what exactly what the hours are. But, you know, if we're going to be open until 3 a.m. and we're, we're going to have these uh, type of potential problems, we're going to uh, write the check and, and get our own private security. And we're, and we're going to have people standing outside our bar and, and we're going to, we're, with the help of IMPD, we're going to enforce the loitering laws uh, and, and, and get some of these people um, away from their establishments or keep them out um, and, and limit violence that way. Um, more security cameras would undoubtedly help. IMPD is called repeatedly for that. Better lighting in a lot of the areas. You know, some areas in Broad Ripple are well lit. A lot of them aren't. And that's where bad guys tend to do bad things is where they're thinking they can get away with it because people can't see them. So there are a number of steps that, that, that people can make that are actually focused on the problem, which is violent, repeat offending bad guys and not the law-abiding citizen just wanting to have the capacity to defend themselves or their family. Our guest on the program today has been our good friend Guy Relford, uh, Second Amendment rights attorney. He's also the, the host of the Gun Guy Show that you can hear Saturdays at 5 o'clock here on 93 WIBC. Guy, my friend, as always, thank you very much for being with us. Always good to see you, old friend. Oh, man, it's always good to see you, buddy, and I'm glad you're doing well, too. <laughs> uh, so is my wife, by the way, <laughs> who, by the way, is a sharpshooter. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I like it. I didn't find out until after we got married, though. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.